tuning in to the Organically Blunt Show, a show dedicated to cannabis and the lifestyle that surrounds it, including cultivation, business, music, food, and everything in between. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow us. The content on this show is strictly for educational purposes only. Some things on this show may be considered harmful to some. Organically Blunt does not endorse any harmful activity. If you're not 18 or older, please exit now. This episode is brought to you by Horticulture Lighting Group. The future of horticulture lighting has arrived. Shop the highest yield generating LED lamps in the world. Real efficiency, real yields, made in the USA. Good evening, everybody. Well, good morning. Sorry. It's evening for me. I've been up half the night, but welcome to the Organically Blunt Show. My name is Jay Blaze, and this afternoon or morning or wherever you're from, we have the pleasure of interviewing Indigro, Michigan. And today we have with us, if you wouldn't mind introducing you guys yourself. I'm Karen Kakelik. Hi, I'm Stephen Kakelik, CEO and co-owner of Indigro here in Muskegon. Nice to meet you guys. It's been a little bit of a hassle trying to get with you guys. I apologize for the inconvenience. We, uh... Tried to put my health a little bit forward finally for once, and yeah, here I am. So, yeah, with you. that being being said, let's get right into it. So, um, you guys are a micro grow in Muskegon County, right? Yes, That's we're true. a micro business in downtown. Okay. Michigan. So, what is the difference between a micro grow and a standardized grow? So really, the uh, the biggest difference between you know any of the class A, class B, or class C grows is our direct touch with the consumer, mm-hmm. right? Everything we grow and create in here, we we can't go out and sell it to businesses, nor do we have a middleman that we have to try to educate to then sell our our product or explain the benefits to the consumer. So really, the biggest difference between a micro business and a regular grow is our direct connection between the grower and the and the the consumer. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's it's very similar to a microbrewery. Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest analogy analogy to make is a microbrewery where you go in and the products are all made there in-house. You can maybe talk to some of the people who have made it there versus a dispensary. You could think more of like a liquor store where they sell other people's products. They maybe don't know as much about the products and they don't really, they're not able to educate you on those products. They're just there to sell those products to you. So we have that, as Stephen said, that direct touch of the consumers where we can educate them, we can talk with them we can explain how we grow things and we can try to connect them with the product that's best for them absolutely awesome so with that being said you know i i ask a lot of questions questions that people might ask and yeah. um how many different strains do you guys have going currently so right now we, we run six strains so I, ideally in the market the 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 selection of cannabis is getting very homogenized Right, everything's kind of similar. Everything has a similar smell and taste. So when we really tackled this project, we wanted to go back to the land race strains, some of the heirloom strains, to really give you that full breadth of experience. I mean, for me personally, I enjoy a pure sativa, and I'm sure you know that's hard to find in the market now. So we we really wanted to harken back to the older days because you know, as you know, as as a parent of two little girls, I I can't always be that couch lock. You know, I need to find the middle ground there to where you know it's a functional 
experience. And I think a lot of people are looking for that. I just don't think that's always what's grown because it takes, you know, longer. Not every strain that's a sativa runs 60 days, as we all know. And being a micro business, we have the time and the talent to actually grow the strains, you know, and the plant tells us when it's ready. It's hard to say to a, a, you know, a cannabis plant, Hey, in 60 days, we're going to chop you down. You better be ready to go. It just doesn't right. work that way. You know, every plant's individual. And being a micro business, we can make sure every plant is cut down at the exact right time. And as you know, that makes a huge difference in the quality and, you know, a plant being true to the characteristics you buy it for. Yes. And then back to that touching with the consumers, if they, if we're getting feedback that they really like a certain strain or they don't like a certain strain, we're able to, uh, you know, flip what strains we're offering in about 30 days. So it's something that we can really allow the consumer feedback and we can then provide what they're asking for. So typically it's more of, it can be more considered a perpetual grow in yeah. a sense. Oh, absolutely. A lot of our, you know, a lot of people when they first get licensed and they start growing, you know, that, that first harvest, they want to get the biggest harvest out the door, right? Because they're trying to catch up on, on plants and bills and debt and all that. But really, our, we spend a lot of time setting up a two-week perpetual harvest. So we harvest every two weeks, you know, and we incur more costs on the testing side, but that ensures fresh flour. I can't tell you how disappointing it is to buy flour and get home and it's six months to a year old to, to me that's just it's not a premium product yeah no i just spoke about that on a personal standpoint you know a lot of people in this town don't know who i am and i like it that way because i can go into these places and people don't know who i am you guys included <laughs> you know i i hate to say it i've delivered lunch to you <laughs> yeah and uh and, and uh long story short I like it because people don't know who I am. So I go into these places around town. I won't say any names. I promise that. And you're right. I, I'll walk in. I'll look at the harvest date on the bag. I'll look at the chop date. I'll look at how long it's been sitting on the shelf. Now, these these deals everybody thinks they're getting for $40 an ounce. Half that stuff is six to eight months old. I said it. Yeah. Right to me. You heard it from, from, the, from the goat. You know, I hate to say that way. But, uh. Basically, you know, and you look at the, you look at it, and it's degrading. I mean, it the chlor, the chlorophyll, the color, it's already, it's already turning yellow. It's already turning brown, and you're like, really, like, okay, it was twenty three percent THC. Great, you're selling me on the numbers. Great, but the problem is, that was twenty three percent probably when it was fresh. Now that it's been sitting. You know, a lot of people don't know that the THC degrades over time if it's not stored the correct way. And, uh, you know, I, I like how you guys do it and you keep the product fresh. You know, that's yeah, definitely yeah, fresh. Yeah, absolutely. For me, you know, the most important thing is when you open that jar, I mean, I think back to, you know, my, my younger days, I, I want to smell it. If I open right. it and I wasn't opening a jar, how, how quality is it really? And I think you touch on a bigger issue in the industry. You know, this six to eight months old stuff, is it remediated? Did it come out, you know, like for our products, we have our testing tag on the bottom of every product you buy from Indigo because I want you to be able to pull it up and see there's no mold in this product. There's no, you know, nothing above yeah. limits. You know, all of our testing comes back perfect. Why do places not show you their test results? It's exactly. not private. 
it's not private. They, they can put it on any jar they want. It's because they don't want you to know if that product's been remediated, if they had to kill the mold on it, if they had to use Xeritol on the product. I mean, there's such a such a game with the marketing of, of things anymore. It, and the only one who suffers is the end consumer. Right. Like there's no legal requirements to have any sort of warning or marketing for any remediated product. So th that's a risk to the consumer that they might not even know that they've consumed a product that was remediated. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, you know, I, like I said, I asked a lot of questions and, and it, not only off the micro growth side of things, but we want to hear more about your business in a sense, too. Yeah. So I guess one of the next questions I have, I was speaking with you guys, is uh, I realize you guys just hired some new bud tenders, correct? Because yeah. getting ready to open your doors. Yes. So that, with, that be, with that coming comes the second question I have. And the question being, and a lot of people don't realize this, consumers, but the growers do. The consumers, the people that are just doing the recreational, hey, I just want to go buy it. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't know. And this is the question I have, and it might be a little complex, but the question is, do you guys educate your bud tenders on terpenes and can can cannabinoids and flavors, or is it just about selling the highest THC? Because, you know, that's how they shop. I hate to say it. They don't it shop for flavor. They don't shop. They just want the highest. They want the strongest. It's kind of like alcohol. I hate to say it, but uh, these people are coming in wanting moonshine at at uh, uh, what would what would we call it? Something like a uh, apple pucker price, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know, they want the strong stuff, but essentially they don't care about the flavor. I like flavor. Now me, like I'm I'm like you said, a sativa guy. I, I like the limonene. I like my I like my limonene. It, it works with me because I have alopecia. But uh, you know, everybody's different. Are you educating the bud tenders to kind of learn them to kind of match the strain with what the person is trying to accomplish? Like, oh, I got I, I get headaches or I have lost appetite or anxiety. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask this is because a lot of places don't. And yeah. Oh, I do yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I I agree with you. I, I think that's I think that's really the premise of the whole business. I mean, to kind of touch on yeah. some of your issues. Yes, we we tell our bud tenders at THC, that's not how we're gonna sell it. I mean, yeah. what uh, really what one of our favorite strains and what we do and you know, kind of our, our way of teaching people is you can sit there all day and tell them that THC isn't the number. THC is the easiest thing to go off because it's quick for a consumer to say, hey, 30%, okay, must be worth more. That's great. Now, now we in-house, we have a Pakistani Citral Kush, which is a 8 to 9% THC strain. So what we did, and we brought all our bud tenders in, is we gave them samples of this. And we said, come back with us and tell me what percentage this THC is. The numbers, the average number we got was 20%. That proves you right there, THC does not matter at all. The entourage effect and the terpenes that are there, that's what makes the high enjoyable and changes it. But it, if you're in an industry where you're just trying to sell customers as fast as possible and not build relationships like most dispensaries, you'll never educate a customer on that. They're not going to believe you. Yeah, They're going to think you're wrong. But with, with our focus being, you know, on taking the time to talk with the consumer, finding out what actually, you know, people say rec versus medicinal. 
to me, it's all for a medicinal purpose, right? I like to go home, relax after, you know, running around, be able to sit with my kids, not feel like I don't want to talk. You know what I mean? You, you get that way. You come home from work, you're stressed. Really, what, 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 what you need to do is treat everything medicinal. And I think it comes back to consistency. You know, we, we all know, you know, as growers or people in the industry, that if you chop a sativa when it's amber, it's not going to be what you want, right? We no. all know that. So when, when you have such a low plant count, I can chop them all when I know they're ready. Or when our, our, our master grower, you know, Scott Russo, he has been a caregiver since 09. You know, and when, when we hired our grower, we had a ton of applicants from out of state. And in fact, most of the growers in the state are from out of state. Yeah. To me, that, that that's the biggest wrong that happened in this yeah. caregivers yep. because caregivers have mastered the Michigan way of growing. Mm -hmm. So why, why would you want somebody from Cali who grows way longer than we do, you know, in a whole different environment when you could have someone from Michigan who helps start, you know, from the ground up. And when you have someone who comes from the medicinal side, they know that it's got to be chopped when that plant is showing its true characteristics mm -hmm. and not just chopped to, okay, hey, you know, we need to get some money on the shelf. Let's get this out the door Yeah, because that doesn't work yeah. as we're seeing in the industry. Mm -hmm. Everybody's chasing this product and it's so cheap because they're not finding what they want. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll pay premium for a product you like, right? Or else microbreweries wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So going back to your question, Jay, yeah, we definitely train our bud tenders and terpenes. We send them home with a little terpene booklet about what terpenes are, what the main terpenes are, that sort of thing. Um, we also send them into our back of house to train for a few days with our grower just so they get that hands-on experience. They get some trimming experience. They spend a day or two in the processing lab so they kind of understand what goes on there. That way they can pass that knowledge on to the customer because they have that direct hands-on knowledge. They touch the plants, you know, they they really know and they're able to pass it on to the customer, which I think is really different than what's being offered out there right now. Definitely, definitely. You know, and with that being said, sorry here, I, I had a phone call going off, I apologize. Um, with that being said, you know, that's what drawed me in you guys. Not only because you were local and I try everything local. I try to give everybody a chance, you know. I'm trying to find my favorites. And uh yeah. but you guys have built a relationship with us a little bit over the last couple of weeks and we appreciate you guys, you know. And yeah. and I love I love the building. Let's talk about your guys' building a little bit. You know, okay. that building the history dates back and, and that's what really draws me in. I've been yeah. doing uh, charitable events in Michigan County for 25 years. A lot of people don't know that. I've done marketing, photography, promotions, stuff like that. And awesome. uh, I used to run a company called Michigan Evening Now. And um, it's still up and running. We don't do a lot with it no more. But long story short, you know, there's a lot of history in your guys' building. I've done photo shoots in your building before it was a building. I mean, when it was oh really oh yeah oh yeah i've done i've done senior photos in there when you're not supposed to be in there you know yeah. we got you out at we we were in the rubble we were we were in the old elevator shaft yeah we were doing photos in that for halloween you know looking like somebody's coming out of it and oh yeah good old times but how did you guys restore some of that heritage that is in the building i know you guys converted it a little bit but Mm -hmm. Did you guys keep any of the original, the design 
at all or any of any flavor that might relate back to where it started or what it was you know i'm yeah. just i don't yeah. know how to explain it really but you know you get the gist yes so yeah our uh our brick warehouse is from 1908 and we've had that fully restored um like our, our when our employees take their breaks in their break room they, they see four walls of the original brick you know um and then our showroom is a new addition onto the restored warehouse. So that is new construction, but our back of house is all the restored warehouse. Um, we kept a lot of this, uh, we kept all the same brick. We did have to tear down one wall in the back, but other than that, pretty much the other three sides are the original brick. We still have the original uh, beams and that sort of thing. We had those fully restored. Um, so it was a big undertaking. Um, but you know, we're really proud of Muskegon and there's a lot of history and heritage here and we really wanted to, you know, pay homage to that. We, we just, we really re respect Muskegon and we're so happy to be here and we're downtown. So we, we just really wanted to, like I said, like pay tribute to the history that's here. And it's so cool to me that our warehouse, the, like these bricks have seen so many different, you know, manufacturing businesses. And it's just crazy, you know, wh whoever built this probably never imagined that those bricks would also house cannabis. Um, right. Here we are. So I just think that's, that's a really cool full circle thing. It definitely is. I mean, you know, Muskegon is big on culture and they're big on heritage and yes. they're big on, on the feeling and and i st i'm starting to believe we're starting to become bigger on art too you know yes. and 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 that's a good thing because you guys this building is beautiful you know when after I, you know i was getting my tires that's how i found out about you guys okay yeah and uh i'm sitting there and i'm like man that sure does look like the dispensary <laughs> and then i came back i came back the next week and i'm like i seen the sign on the front and i'm like I knew it. I knew it. And the only reason I knew it is because, and I hate to say it, I don't mean to give you guys away, but you got the AC units. You got the cameras on every corner. I mean, it's it's a protocol. And yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like something sweet right downtown by Heritage Landing. You ain't gotta go far. You know, you you wanna you want a little pre-show relaxation or celebration, you go over there, you go over to you guys and then you you know you you have a little smoke you know and you hit a concert or you hit the irish music festival or you get the or with the cruise ships coming in right there you know you got you got people from wisconsin they want to try something different they or something like that they have the opportunity to do so and that's yeah. what makes it great i i went to pine knob which i don't know if you guys know what that is but um used to be the dte music center and i went and seen jelly roll and um um who was it shine down and uh not too long ago thanks to utopic essential nutrients a partner of ours they brought me out there full vip and uh you know they had a dispensary right in the like i guess you'd call it the souvenir shops right on the campus at the concert venue and i was like man you know how things have come a long way. That's what I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, to have that opportunity is awesome. And you know, you guys, you guys are a great key to this area. So I want to hear, since I asked a lot of questions, I want to hear more about you guys now. Anything you guys want the audience to know 
and then we'll get into a couple fun questions with you guys before we let you guys go. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so just a little bit about us. I mean, th this is a totally family-owned business, right? Mm -hmm. Karen's my wife. My sister works here. My brother-in-law works here. Um, everybody who we have hired is Muskegon locals. Yeah. But really, you know, family is very important to us. We we see the industry really is coming up. It's, it's the wild west, and you know, we have having work for other employers. You know, it's a lot of companies don't don't give back, and we wanted to make sure that that we cultured an environment where everyone feels you know, involved and, and part of the company. Cause at the end of the day, you know, marijuana is very important in our life and it's, it, it's a community building product. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard, it's hard to have a product and take the community out. So we want to inject, you know, our, our family values and, and our sense of community and really bring that to, to this industry. I mean, we're, we're very lucky that, that Michigan allows it and jumps in. We see all the States where they don't, Yeah. you know, so, coming from a very strong family background and having the opportunity to, to bring those values and, and actually interact directly with the consumer yeah. and kind of show them what the difference is that that's, what's very important to us. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I, and I love the family values, you know, that's what I, what I grew up on was family values and to see that locally is great. You know, you guys, I hate to say it, you guys aren't like anybody else around here because, yeah. and I can see that just from having a conversation and, how you guys present yourself that, you know, a lot of these other places, they're just worried about the next customer. You guys are worried about building a relationship with the customer. So they keep coming back, you know, like I always said in business, I grew up in business with my parents and my grandparents. And like I always said, you can sell quantity, you can sell to everybody in town. Yeah. But if they only come and buy your product once, you're not going to be in business very long. Exactly. You need a person that's going to keep coming back and you build a relationship. But at the same time, you know, like I, like I explained to a couple other people I talked to, you guys, in a sense, even though a bud tender, tender is a bud tender, but they're considered not only the forefront, but the, they're more of, I guess people almost look at to them as a, as a doctor. I hate to say it that way. Yeah. You know, they, they come in with, with with a condition they want to treat mm -hmm. and they're going to ask what the best thing to take is that's why it's great to educate on the terpenes and stuff like that that's why when i heard that i'm like great finally somebody that's doing it right you know yeah. i mean I, I, I i've walked into you know and really a number of dispensaries and you know you can kind of see the people that are going in there for the first time second time and you know no one wants to feel dumb right no one wants to walk into and ask the question and be like, oh, you know, that, that that's no big deal. But but to me, you know, those people are the ones who are going in there. They're they're not very confident in what they want. They want to sit and have a conversation. They want to ask those questions. What's it going to be like? You know, here's what I'm looking for. And if you don't give someone a space to be able to ask that question without feeling rushed, you know, I mean, we know how it is to go to the dispensary. You walk in, what do you want today? I got this on sale. Like, let's go. But to me, you're not quantifying what that customer even wants. So how, how are you making their experience better? How are you as a steward of cannabis explaining the actual benefit? I mean, how many years do we go through cannabis propaganda and prohibition? You think that's going to go away in a day? It's not. No. The bud tenders are the most critical role because those are the people that if like the way we do it is we our, our team know each other very well. So when they walk in. And that person says, hey, I'm looking for this. We've diversified our sales staff. People that have varying conditions. If you can't relate with somebody, you know, if you walk in and you have high anxiety, I'm going to put you with my butt center who struggles with anxiety. 
right? Because you you want to be able to have those conversations. What, what do I expect? You know, what am I looking for? What what's my end goal here? And really, if if you're not doing that and you're you're recommending product, you're doing a disservice to the community. Definitely, I I I love your guys' values. I really do. You guys are great people so far. So with that being said, we're gonna ask some fun questions. You know, sure. some of these get creative, some of these get laughs, some of them get emotional. We'll just see where it goes. We'll, we'll ask and we'll have you both answer. Okay. I'll ask one question and then we'll have one of you answer and just go on to the next person. And then I'll ask the next question. There's a five questions roughly. So sure. okay. the first question is, and it, it a lot of people, it strikes memories. So let's see what we can do here. The first question is, when did you come across cannabis? How old were you? And in what form did you try it in? You go first. Sure. <laughs> um, so I was underage. Um, I was probably 15 or 16. And I it was summertime and I smoked a blunt with one of my friends and her older brother. And, you know, that was that was my uh, first experience. So. It wasn't right. it wasn't even in michigan it was in georgia it was some long lost friend that i had at the time so <laughs> she's like a, you know she, she, she's a little bit cooler than i am i went to i went to catholic school my whole life so uh marijuana is obviously frowned upon and i remember later in my high school life i uh did school for the first time went to a buddy's house and and smoked and really i mean I, it was it was crazy to me <laughs> how it's built up right because we had the dare program we had like yeah. you know yeah. you smoke it you might as well just pack it up like that's how that's right. what we were taught to try it and then be like well this is pretty fun it was <laughs> it was definitely definitely eye-opening for me for sure yeah. but yeah i was introduced late in high school to it and really after that i didn't really get to fully experience it until you know we came to michigan and then it's legal enough where you can you can really find out how it fits well within your life yeah I, I didn't really enjoy cannabis until I was quite a bit older. Whenever I tried it in my youth, it, I just, I always just had like a bad reaction or whatever. And so it just, it wasn't really for me until I was older, I guess. Sure. You know, with the, and, and I guess I'm adding another question, here, but the question off the question here, did you guys get high your first time? And the reason I ask is a lot of people don't, they don't get high their first time they smoke it. And, and it's probably because they don't inhale it right but yeah i definitely got high the first time i did it i remember that we went to a swimming pool after we smoked and we felt like we were there for so long and then we went to leave and like one of the moms was like you guys were only here for 10 minutes and we were like swimming for so long uh, so yeah i definitely had a reaction my first time definitely i know yeah. how that goes you know my first time my my feet used to go numb people used to not believe me your feet would go numb yeah i can't feel my feet so i'll tell you one thing if i'm getting high i know and it's not supposed to go together i know like alcohol you know don't get behind the wheel but i can tell you if i get behind the wheel we ain't gonna be doing the speed this was back then we ain't gonna be doing the speed limit because i can't feel the gas pedal so <laughs> You know, my buddies back in the day, this is just about me, would say, why are we doing 85 on the highway? Oh, man. Oh, crap. Slow down, you know. Can't feel my feet. Can't feel the gas pedal. But, 
you get used to it as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. Now, my second question being is, you know, everybody has a go-to munchie when you get high. Everybody. I mean, some people, it takes a minute to think about. What would yours be? Oh, mine's pretty easy. Definitely Pop-Tarts. I was going to say, if you Definitely. Say I could smash some strawberry Pop-Tarts like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I Man. honestly, I go straight for the peanut butter. Just, okay. just right out the jar. It's fine. <laughs> I'm a little Debbie guy. I'm I, I'm guilty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, you know, and then the next question is, if you could smoke with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? Anybody. That's a tough one. It, it is a tough one. I mean, I would go back to Bob Marley, kind of kind of back to, you know, the beginning of the roots. Because really, I mean, you, you never get to experience that again. It's kind of like people's first high, right? You get one time. So really when the industry was, was, was going and, and they're deciding, you know, I mean, it's kind of like that now, a little Wild West, and it's awesome. And the beginning of something, you know, so just to be in, in the beginning and see these guys as they experiment. I mean, just e even being in the beginning of the extractions when they started. I mean, these guys were just mad scientists, yeah. right? You, you don't Definitely. get to do that anymore, you know, be on the, on the new side of industry because everything's so commercialized. Mm -hmm. So really just to, you know, see the roots back then and the mentality versus how it is now. I think that would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but I would definitely not. I would never pass up smoking with Snoop Dogg. So. Well, yeah. You both hit my people right on the dot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I haven't had the chance to connect with Snoop Dogg. I've been trying. You know, I've talked to other shows that know him. And, you know, the one thing I will admit, if you do smoke with him, you better have to. Because he, as soon as you pass it to him, he does He's not, not pass it back. back. He's the type of guy that once you pass it to him, you're not getting it back. So you might as well have another one in your hand because yeah. you're not going to get it. Everyone and, gets their own separate. You got that right. Yep. Yep. And and I I've talked to a few other people close to him. I'm trying to get his contact. It's hard when you're that big, you know, to, yeah. to oh, yeah. connect with them people. And uh, you know, his his guy that rolls his blunts gets paid last I knew fifty grand a year just Ooh. to roll his blunts. What yeah. a job. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to have that job. Yeah. Yeah. Each their own, you know, and and you know, I'm I'm kind of a nerd for Bob Marley, and uh, something. I, I here's a thing you might not know. You maybe you do. Did you know that Bob Marley and Will, Willie Nelson shared a very common trait from history, and and that being, they both had their houses catch on fire. And they both had about 50 pounds in their house, and they both ran back in to get it. <laughs> oh, that's, I love that. that. That's a true passion right there. Yeah. And, and Willie's was in his, his guitar case, but I don't know about where Bob's was. And it was in Jamaica somewhere, but his house caught on fire. And I was reading this. And and uh, he went back in to get his weed. I'm like, well, shit, I guess I would do, you know? Yeah, otherwise it's going to be wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a little history that I picked up along the way that I thought was interesting. You know. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. There, there, there are a lot of giant legends in the history of cannabis. Yeah. Definitely. 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 And um, I guess with that being said, you know, we've been out here about thirty-two minutes. And where can people find you, other than 
online and in person like where are you guys located where can people find you to to connect with the guys well physically we're at 639 west clay avenue right in downtown muskegon um so we will be opening up on november 15th 11 a.m so um that's our opening day so we hope to see a lot of people on that day um absolutely and, and you know for us community focus is big for us so we we've gotten involved with the nelson neighborhood so we try mm -hmm. to make their meetings on the one you know i think it's every third wednesday yeah and then we also do west michigan cannabis guild events too as far as talking to our industry partners i mean you know we're as a micro business we're kind of isolated but we also want to help change the industry and i think really you know helping talk to places that own dispensaries and about the education yeah you do see a shift you know, even in some of the big MSOs to Terpene Talk. Mm -hmm. So we, we make sure we're at every event. We're very open to talk to. You see us in the streets. We, we eat in Muskegon all the time. We pretty much live and breathe here. So we're always downtown. We, we love going to the arena and eating at Rad Dad's and, and Carlisle. So mm -hmm. you see us, stop us, talk to us. We'd love to have a conversation. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And with that being said, I know you guys say you support a lot. Have you guys heard of the Michigan Weedsters? Mm -mm. I don't think so. Check them out on Instagram. Connect right. with them. We just had a Michigan Harvest Rally at, up in Lansing, and we okay. promoted that. And I work with another place called Michigan Gems and Genetics. And uh, these guys, they're all about the legislation and promoting and making it fair, making it even, not making it just corporatized. Yeah. yeah. I think you, if you guys connected with them, I think you guys could do a lot of good things. Because yeah. – and. And the biggest thing is, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, and, and if you're a member, I apologize, you know, I'm, is a lot of these people don't support what they call the MCMA. And uh, these guys, they break it down for you. And, yeah. and so, you know, if you're not involved with that and, and you're looking to connect, these guys could probably help you guys even more than you ever know, you know, because because they work with that and and they're not against dispensaries they just want to make sure they're given the right the right picture you know yeah. And, yeah and i feel you guys are doing that you guys are doing great things so where can they find you on instagram um we're at indigo mi is our handle okay all right excellent you know and with that being said is there anything else we should let the audience know about you guys before we let you go so really a uh, big thing for us is moving into can of tourism. So on our website right now, we're looking for pre signups for tours and for appointments. So we want to give people the ability to come in here, sit down, have a conversation or work the whole thing through. Majority of adults have never seen a fully grown cannabis plant. And to me, if you're going to ingest it, you should see it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You know, like I, like, I, and I go organics a lot myself. And the reason being is, because of alopecia, I have an autoimmune disease. You got to know what you're putting in your body. It's like food. Yes. Like I tell everybody, what you put into the plant, you're putting into your body. So yes. if you want to put heavy trace metals into your body, go right ahead. But I'm not because I know what zinc does to my body and everything else. Sure. It's not yeah. good for me. A lot of that so, was, was the big, big push behind us using, uh, we use Michigan uh, ionic nutrients. We want them okay. grown here. We don't want them shipped in. You know, you talk about heavy yeah. metal. I mean, that that's a big thing. That's why we put our COAs on all our products. Yeah. You should 100% know what you're putting in your body. Yes. And the fact that you don't is a little alarming in the industry. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And and I want to mention you guys did a video. 
you know yeah. we're gonna try to figure out a way to get that out to our audience i know the file's so big i don't know how we press it or anything but if you guys have a youtube channel that would be great if you don't well maybe it's time to start one and we can share the heck out of the video for you you know i mean i'm up to anything you guys are willing to do i want to help promote you guys if you guys get me over some information on your opening I'll, I'll put that up on our instagram i'll put it on our story i'll put it in our facebook group that way people know locally where to go what you guys got going on and they can give you guys a try and determine if they like you guys themselves because so yeah. far i do and i know i'll be down there to give it a try all right. That sounds great. Definitely. So with that being said, we appreciate you guys coming on the Organically Blunt show. You guys have a great afternoon. You and too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Jay. Jay. Thanks everyone. Take care. While the guys break down another blunt, let's give thanks to our partners. Captain Redbeard Seeds. Head on over to CaptainRedbeardSeeds.com and use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. SOFEM Genetics. Head on over to the UnofficialGoodGuys.com and use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Green Wolf Genetics. Head on over to www.GreenWolfGenetics.com and use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Seedsman Seeds. Head on over to www.seedsman.com and use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT10. Humboldt Seed Company. HumboldtSeedCompany.com. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Organically Blunt Partners are our supporters of the Organically Blunt Show. These industry leaders help produce each show while consistently hooking up the Gromies with Organically Blunt-only discounts and deals. Promote your gear to the Gromies and sign up to be a partner of the show by emailing organicallyblunt at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Organically Blunt Show. Raw, uncut, and unfiltered. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Organically Blunt is available where you listen to podcasts. Apple, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and YouTube. Be sure to tell a friend or two. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at organicallyblunt or email us at organicallyblunt at gmail.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time on the Organically Blunt Show.